Hey, this is Tina. This is Mia. And you're listening to Yeah No, a podcast about having a business at the intersection of design and healthcare. Hey, yeah, no peoples. We're in season four, and we want to thank you for joining us on this wonderful journey. If you haven't yet, please consider subscribing to us. We love that you listen, but subscribing will help us more than you'll ever know. Also, regardless of which method you use to listen to your podcasts, please, 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 please leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you, and we want to know what's working, what's not. You can also drop us a line at our website, yeahnopodcast.com. But if all that's too much, we get it. The smallest contribution is subscribing. Thanks again for listening, and we intend on delivering a kick-ass fourth season for you. Good morning. Hi. Your hair looks very nice today. Oh, thank you. I'm sure everyone in the audience thinks that it looks nice every day. (laughs) (laughs) It looks especially nice today. It looks especially nice today. I appreciate it. I washed it. It's magical what washing oh, it will do. I know. It's crazy. I have this new shampoo yeah. that when we went to... What? Life-changing. Life-changing. <laughs> because it's really funny. I don't know if this is true or not, but when we went to Japan, I went with my parents, and they're both gray-haired now. And um, we were at a hotel that had Shiseido mm. shampoo, mm-hmm. and we really liked it. Mm-hmm. So we came home, and my mom bought it. And we start, we've all started using it, you know, and it's really nice because I don't know, it must be special formula because it like makes my hair like very soft and, and straight. My mom calls me and she's like, your dad thinks it's making his hair turn blacker. And I was like, really? So I looked at him and I do, I think his hair, he's always had kind of salt and pepperish hair, but I do think it's getting darker. And so now we're all like thinking we might have found the fountain of youth. The family that shampoos together. Yeah, we'll see. So what are we talking about today? We're talking about diversity and inclusion, inclusivity in healthcare, particularly around leadership. And it's an area that we are very, very passionate about. Our company and all the work that we do support this idea of making healthcare more inclusive. We wanted to dedicate a whole episode to it because we feel like it's really important. It's still a problem. I mean, not that it's going to be solved in, you know, any short period of time. We have an incredible guest today. We're huge fans of what he's done. His name is Andre Blackman. He's the CEO and founder of Onboard Health, which is a fantastic company that's focused on creating more inclusive cultures and an a pipeline to bring more people from diverse backgrounds into healthcare. Yeah, and we're going to talk to him a little bit about the workforce and leadership and what are some granular ways we can really, you know, accomplish this because I think sometimes a lot of people talk about it, they say it's needed, but right. everyone knows yeah, that we should be doing Yeah, I think a lot of times this. it's really hard to do like people don't yeah. know how to do it. Right. So, we're going to talk to Andre. I'm sure he'll have some amazing things to talk about. So, let's give him a call. Okay. Let's call. Good morning, this is Andre. Hi, Andre. Hi, Andre. How are you? Doing well, thanks. How about yourself? Good. Good. We're so excited to have you on the podcast. 
Yes, absolutely. Looking forward to it. We spoke a little bit about inclusivity in our podcast in the second season, third season, I'm sorry. And we wanted to devote a whole entire episode to it because we really only got to scratch the surface. And who better to have on than you? Thank you. Well, good morning. This is Andre Blackman. I am the founder and CEO of Onboard Health, where we are focused on building a platform to build uh, a more diverse and inclusive workforce ecosystem to power the future of health. Nice. Amazing. We'd love to talk about Onboard's mission and what are the things that you guys do in order to ensure this inclusivity in the workforce? Yes, absolutely. My entire career has been around public health and healthcare innovation. But unfortunately, especially during the beginning of my career in this, being the only person of color at a lot of different events, meetings and gatherings, really was was one of those kind of things that weighed on me, mainly because coming from a public health background, you know, we're so kind of educated on the disparities, right, that are happening. One of the first things that launched me into the public health world was taking a class around tuberculosis and how that was adversely affecting African-American communities and having like, you know, question marks over my head, like, why was this something that was specific to this community? Fast forward over the past several years, just kind of seeing the intersection of affordable housing or systemic racism and things of that nature, things that literally are ingrained in our society that create these disparities uh, really kind of woke me up to something where, you know, health communications by itself is not going to fix the problem. Or the introduction of social media into communications, while that was a very hot subject, you know, 10 plus years ago, uh, once again, that is not the golden solution to a lot of these kind of things. And so for me, especially after, you know, I gave a commencement address at my alma mater at the University of Maryland, shout to, to the University mm-hmm. of Maryland Terps. Um, you know, and then kind of looking out at the audience of students getting ready to go out to the real world, it really hit me that we need to focus on the people who are going to be powering the companies that are tackling these solutions. And that's where Onboard Health really comes in, particularly in our field around health. These are actual people that we are impacting. And so it only makes sense that in order to mitigate a lot of the disparities, a lot of the issues from a healthcare perspective, we need to have representation first and foremost at a lot of the companies and ventures and startups that are tackling a lot of the issues uh, related to healthcare. But we also need to have the leadership that says, hey, this is a big, big issue that we need to make sure that you know helps to move forward the solutions, but also for the companies, right? For, for survival of companies, diversity is absolutely critical. So. Yeah. Um, that is kind of what we are focused on, on over at Onboard Health is making it a lot easier, right? Getting around the pipeline issue that we've oftentimes heard and making it really straightforward to connect with that diverse workforce. That's awesome. Amazing. You you do a, a newsletter every Sunday for our listeners. You should sign up for it. I'm always so impressed because it's like Sunday night. I am not, <laughs> I'm not working on Sunday nights. And I'm like, Andre's still working <laughs> on Sunday night, putting out this newsletter. <laughs> you know, a number of my friends will tease me that I feel like I'm like Bruce Wayne or like Batman in the Batcave. I like, you know, three screens up and I'm like always like looking around or like, you know, my, my dad is a big uh, Lord of the Rings fan. And so just kind of... <laughs> I'm kind of like the the good eye of Sauron. I'm always like <laughs> looking around for like people and 
places and events, and I love just kind of bringing that to people directly and informing people. I mean, that's that's kind of tying back to our main three principles of onboard health is to connect, equip, and launch, right? So to, to connect people to like-minded individuals in these kind of spaces, equipping them with resources and tools, and then launching them into, you know, amazing roles or whether they're, you know, starting their own ventures, making sure that they're connected to insights um, as well as, you know, events. So yeah, that definitely is, uh, is, is what I'm dedicated to. It's great. Yeah. I mean, we absolutely empathize with your situation where, uh, you know, as business owners and being in healthcare for a long time, you just realize like, wow, sometimes we're in the room and we're the only women or we're the only non, um, non-white people in the room. So for us, it's been really important to talk about it and, and try to get, get behind people who are doing great work like you. So thank you, first of all, for doing this. And the approach is so interesting and I think we're curious about what kind of response have you gotten and how do you get more diverse and inclusive leadership into healthcare? Yeah, you know, that's a, that's a great question. I mean, as far as the feedback, I mean, I, I, I naturally kind of go toward the, the actual community. I love connecting with amazing people um, and hearing their own stories. And, you know, when we first got started, it was a great initial reaction to, okay, building the future of health. Seeing the, the intersection of social determinants, a lot of upstream opportunities, and traditional healthcare, like that was a connecting piece in itself, right? You know, talking about sustainable health innovation. But the next layer, especially, you know, in year two, when we started kind of really hitting the gas on growing the community and, and prompting people to tell us their stories, that's when it started really hitting home, right? As far as the representation and, and like you all mentioned, right, like being the, the only in a lot of these kind of different rooms. And that shapes the narrative around, okay, what does a data scientist in healthcare look like? So, you know, as far as the responses on the employer side, one of the first things that I remember hearing is that we know that diversity and inclusion is important. We just don't know where to find those candidates. And so for me, I had to kind of check myself because I've spent in the past decade plus, you know, getting connected to a lot of amazing people that look like the rest of the country, right? Women, people of color, people from the LGBTQ plus community, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, this is something that's second nature to me. So when I heard that, it was kind of, you know, jarring. And then, you know, we had to jump into, okay, well, this is exactly why we're doing this, right? So we know it's important, but also we don't know where the pipeline to tap into, right? And so one of the things that we, we've heard constantly is we're going out to HBCUs, historically black colleges and universities, and doing recruiting. And so that's kind of the, the default, I mm-hmm. guess, for employers kind of looking for, you know, more people of color. But as we've all grown to learn over the years, diversity, you know, is not just going to HBCUs, right? Like, it's <laughs> not just that. And so challenging employers to open up their understanding of where people of color, more women are, things of that nature is, is really important. So I think like on one side, it's, it's been a tremendous you know, response as far as like, we know this is important. We don't need any more convincing, but we do need to know like how we do this properly. And so I think that's been the, the kind of uh, central theme that we've been hearing and getting feedback on, but also kind of spinning it back to the community, like a lot of gratitude for building some sort of platform and 
community where people are saying like, wow, I had no idea that this company existed, right? Like this company was tackling diabetes in my community with technology. Or I had no idea that there were other people that looked like me that had backgrounds in public health and design thinking. I didn't even know that design thinking was a thing <laughs> in healthcare, right? Mm-hmm. So all these kind of different things that have been coming out which is, is music to my ears because I've spent my entire career just unearthing these kind of themes and concepts and people. And now doing that at scale has been uh, tremendous. As you're speaking, I was thinking about, you know, there is a pipeline issue, at least it, from our world of design and healthcare. And because design is also not very diverse at all. Well, I, I mean, I think, yeah, and I, I guess I'm not even talking about inclusivity or diversity. I'm just talking about in general, you know, a lot of people don't really understand the intersection of design and healthcare, right? They So they understand from a very heavy design perspective of, you know, somebody might do like UI or UX, or they might do branding, or they might do campaigns. And from a healthcare perspective, they might be focused on things that are maybe ethnographic in nature, or they might, you know, understand you know, healthcare providers, right? Doctors, nurses, that perspective. But the intersection of those two is is generally hard. And then, in addition to be trying to seek out a more diverse pipeline, you know, it's it's a lot. And I guess I'm just wondering, what do you think are some granular ways? in which we can help to foster this this pipeline, make it a bit more just robust in general. You know, are there healthcare leaders now that you would say are good models? You know, what are some things that we can do in order to, to get this, uh, jumpstart this a bit more? Yeah, I would say that from a hiring perspective, right, like getting used to the fact that maybe your job descriptions might need to change. Like, you know, if you're trying to hire from a wider group of individuals that, you know, may be able to, to bring their lived experiences or their careers into the design space from a fresh perspective. And if you're willing to work with that, that's one place to go, right? Or or even just kind of having the, the language reflect a more diverse and inclusive workforce, right? And so there's there's a number of, you know, organizations, I think, uh, you know, Textio, I think, is one of the companies that focuses specifically on language of job descriptions. But that's definitely something that's like ground level, you know, insight, right? Like looking into your job descriptions that appeal to a more diverse candidate. And then just kind of figuring out, you know, where are the, where are the gaps in your hiring process? Getting an assessment to figure out, you know, where those gaps are, where there might be some unconscious bias um, around who might look like a designer from, from just like, being on the outside looking in because I'm far from a designer. But over the years, just kind of feeling like there's an eliteness around kind of knowing, you know, design thinking. You know, you see companies like IDEO, like doing some amazing work, but access into that community is oftentimes gated to a certain extent, right? And so, you know, how can we foster more kind of new opportunities in the design space is, is definitely where I would start. Yeah. But also you know, looking at the kinds of conferences or events that are out there right now, particularly for our landscape around design and health. So there's, you know, Health Refactor that Mad Cow puts together in Boston. And this year, we actually had a few folks from the Onboard Health community come out there and speak. So Kevin Dedner, who is the CEO and founder of Henry Health, he's building a tech-enabled platform to address uh, mental health for Black men. 
right? Mm-hmm. So public health guy, uh, that's his background, um, and now getting into tech, but also this is where we talk about UX, right? This is where we talk about the, the human-centered design aspect of building engaging products and platforms that appeal to a specific use case in, in this landscape. And so this is where you start seeing the merging of like health literacy and UX, right? Like how are we designing better interactions that you know are culturally competent not just around hiring but like okay where are you know these interactions where are these conversations happening and inserting yourself as a company um, into those conversations is exactly how you build that ecosystem yeah yeah i was thinking you know there's inviting more diversity and more inclusion, but also like, how do you meet the diverse needs of the people that you bring into your company? What's your culture like? How are you showing up to make sure that, that you're supporting? I mean, I think it seems like it has to all work together in some ways. And also, I mean, I don't know how far back into the pipeline you go to, but do you look at education and are we, teaching our our young people to go after jobs and go after leadership positions and what does that mean and and how can they do it yeah you have me smiling and nodding over here because that's exactly where one of the the spaces that we love to just kind of have those conversations right at the you know me at the university level right and so for example my alma mater at the school of public health at maryland you know one of the things that we've been wanting to do with them is to kind of help with curriculums, particularly for schools of public health, to talk about this this new landscape now, right? So for years, public health and medicine have been kind of shaking hands in certain ways, but, you know, oftentimes, like, the prevention versus treatment piece has been kind of this hard line. Mm-hmm. But now we have people bringing in, um, you know, affordable housing and connecting that to hospital systems, right, or mental health and tech and how that's being used. So I feel like making sure that students understand what options that they have in front of them, and that's kind of what we are excited to do with a number of institutions that want to bring in more of that kind of concept, right? So pulling together speaker series, right, and bringing actual entrepreneurs and leaders into the classroom um, and convening those kind of opportunities so that they can say, like, hey, this is what we're doing. Ask me any kind of questions. Let's make those connections, right? And that's kind of my own story, right? Like, I was very hungry to know, like, okay, who are the who's who who are tackling, you know, public health or, you know, or design thinking or you know, mental health. And so the, the propensity to kind of just go out and find those people oftentimes can be daunting, particularly at the, you know, the, at the college level. So what we want to do is kind of bring that to the schools to say, here's an on-ramp for you to get into this landscape. And and just kind of that other point there about kind of going back a little bit more as far as building those inclusive spaces. Like, this is this is the the key space. This is the retention. This is where people feel welcome, right? Mm-hmm. And so, once again, like, as you tap into that, that pipeline and bring people in, especially as a company, you have to make sure that that's only the first part of the game, right? Like, you have to actually build spaces that welcome your employee. You know, building that that culture is extremely important. One of the things that we've noticed over the past year and a half is that leadership buy-in is so, so, so critical. I mean, that's for everything, right? Like when we talk about innovative, you know, opportunities, right? If the leadership isn't bought in, 
you know, you can spin your wheels all you want, but you need to have that kind of momentum from the top. And so I feel like having leadership that recognizes the value of creating those spaces is going to be absolutely critical. And then actually having a team, right, like the HR folks getting trained and understanding those kind of key principles so that they can actually walk that out. So I, I feel like that's, that's another big aspect, too, to, to have the team fully invested in, in working to get that feedback, whether that's, you know, building, you know, an inclusion and diversity council to make sure that you are constantly learning. Yeah, them. inclusion mm-hmm. metrics yep. and things like that so that, you know, there's transparency and people understand it and they know it and they see it and they can, you know, put themselves to really uh, making sure that it's going to happen because they know, you know, they've measured whether or not it's working. Yeah. Exactly. You know, without those kind of metrics, you're kind of paying lip service to, you know, this kind of um, this kind of movement here. I and mean, that doesn't that doesn't move the needle internally. Yeah. Right. Well, thank you so much. We are so glad you're doing the work that you're doing. We look up to you. We are really, really excited to be able to collaborate with you and want to do more. Yeah. I mean, the first part of this is, you know, uh, the representation piece. And so now I really want to make sure that we can build a platform that kind of raises up and and showcases as many individuals and, and leaders as possible. And the next piece has to do with, okay, how do we support? these individuals and that's exactly what's needed you know not just from a, a moral standpoint in our in our you know landscape particularly in health but this is literally like lives on the line right like yeah. this, it, it literally is dependent on how we build this for an inclusive future of health so it's going to take some time to unravel that but we are definitely looking forward to speeding up that process yeah absolutely that's great well, thank you again, Andre. We'll talk soon. Thank you. There's so much more. So much yeah. more to come. Oh, my God. We have so many more things yeah. we want to talk to you about. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone. Have a hey, great we'll day. Talk soon. How great is Andre? He's so cool. I love people who just are able to articulate their mission so clearly. I know. I love that. The Connect, Equip, Launch. I strive for it every day. Yeah, it's so good. So good. But he's fantastic. And we love the work that they're doing over there at Onboard and uh, support the mission so much and are always trying to find ways that we can partner with them as well. Yeah. So we only have a few more episodes left in Yano, so stay tuned. Some really great things are happening. We've had a fun season. We've loved talking to all of our guests, and uh, we have a few more surprises in store for you. If you are interested in hearing more, please consider subscribing. Please leave a review. We want to hear who you're interested in listening to besides us of course you can find us on the web and on instagram at yano podcast and this episode was recorded in brooklyn at figure eight studios you might have heard some thumping of the bass drum upstairs and our engineer is the fabulous michael p coleman and this episode was produced and edited by tori flack and music was performed and recorded by chess smith see you next time